Hey, what's up? It's the Road Show. It's Bill and Ian here. Uh, another show we have a lot to get through. Uh, I think we're going to be tr- try to be as efficient as possible here. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like we keep adding more and more to these shows. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? We, we feel like we <laughs> just <laughs> deal with I, it. Yeah, there, there, there was a worry early on that like, oh, yeah, if we do the show every week, you know, we're going to run out of things to say or like. We're going to like hold things to talk about for the show and then but like that still hasn't happened and it's going to be a year pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I mean, the world's on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's How about yours. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll just keep it rolling. Um, I want to do a quick dead letter here um, because I received a response about the uh, the the Zelda schizophrenic from last week. Uh, who was talking about the the Gnostic parallels to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and uh, so I got some feedback on that from my little brother, <laughs> uh, who sent in uh, a message. <laughs> and uh, let, me, let, me, let me read this here. Uh, Zelda dude was right about everything. Is that, that's the whole message? That's the whole message. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so every single thing, uh, huh? <laughs> Apparently, um, fully and on then, board. Uh, and then he further elaborated to me in person uh, that the uh, whenever the dude was talking about how Zelda contains the last letter of the alphabet and the first letter of the alphabet, mm-hmm. the Z and the A, that like blew his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I thought that was the dumbest part of the whole thing. Uh, but then he's like, "No, because that's like the alpha and the omega." <laughs> I don't mean to put my little brother up last, but... Uh. No, I mean, you don't want to scare away the one person who contributes feedback to the show. I know, I know. So, um... See, for a minute, so I, I thought when you said we got feedback, I thought the person who made those posts <laughs> somehow got hold of our conversation and responded. No, no. Um, but yeah, so that, that there's that. Uh, apparently, he's onto something... And we're the crazy ones for not seeing the uh, the genius uh, therein. Well, has your bro- your brothers played Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so have I. Like not not like to completion mm-hmm. or anything, but uh, so yeah. <laughs> and he was he was talking about reincarnation or something. I don't know. I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't see it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's our dead letter this week. Um, so we got to talk about a movie here. Yes. Uh, Very exciting. And yeah. Um, so <laughs> I keep running into this problem where uh, I have to check to see if my subtitles are fucked up. Yeah. So your, and- your text message to me came in at about 2.30 a.m. last night. What? <laughs> at least that's the time stamp that I saw. Oh. Oh, did you well, send that it- earlier? Yeah, I sent it at about six o'clock. <laughs> That's, oh, that's that's weird. Very strange. I didn't get it till much later. Um, that's probably an issue on was, my end. Yeah, because usually you're pretty prompt with the replies. Um, I just figured you were busy or something. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I had I had to of course ask to see if something was going on with the subtitles for this movie. Uh, because we watched Drive My Car, which is a Japanese film. Um, and so much like Coda, the movie deals with. Uh, language and communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie deals with not only Japanese, but uh, multicultural uh, group 
that speak a variety of languages within the film. Um, and so, so let me try to explain what was happening with my subtitles. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing my response to your text that I sent at 6 a.m. this morning wasn't helpful. <laughs> unfortunately, not. Okay, because that's when I saw it. It was a little too. It was a little too late. Yeah, and I did bit. not have. I did not have an, another like three plus hours to uh, watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm watching the movie. It's going fine. It's got subtitles for the Japanese. Um, and but there are some points where the subtitles get garbled. And what I mean by that is like there are, uh, you know, Roman characters, but then there's also like slashes and it looks like it's like it's just like screwed up or like glitched. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, these subs must have, you know, there's a like glitch with the subs. And the download I got came with two different uh, English subtitle files. So I try the other one. And no, they're the, they're the same. It's it's doing the same thing. Um, and so I'm like, okay, maybe that just happens at that one spot. And I keep watching. Um, and it kind of keeps happening. Uh, but then I start noticing a pattern <laughs> to, when, to when it starts glitching. Yeah. What I think is glitching. Um, and it starts happening whenever, uh, during the scenes in the car. Um, and so we'll, get, we'll we'll probably get into it. Um, so there are scenes whenever um, the character plays tapes in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, he's rehearsing lines in the car and he plays tapes of the lines in order to practice. And so what gets garbled are the lines from the tape. And so... There's a lot of those. Yes. And so basically all of those are screwed up, but everything else is fine. The other problem... I quickly noticed was that only the Japanese was translated and subtitled. Oh, because there's um, I, there's there's sign language in this film. Um, was that y- subtitled? Okay, so that was subtitled, and that was also garbled for some reason. Yeah, your file was just screwed up then. No, here's the okay. Hold on. Well, can I can I just like cut in and 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 share what it looked like on HBO? It probably subtitled everything properly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Hold on, because what I this is this was what I thought was happening. All right, I tried to find a a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it was garbling because of the static what's, like from the tape what's static there's no static Hold, i i understand that it sounds like it's perfectly fine but like it was trying to replicate the sounds of the static because you could still kind of make out what was being said like sometimes it would just like replace t's and f's yeah it just sounds so like, glitched out that's there's no intentionality here no hold on so you could still kind of under like you could still kind of parse uh-huh some of them yeah i mean i've seen that then, with with like closed captions before where it's like then hold on then the other problem there's there's a there's a there's a memorial scene that happens early on so mm-hmm. this is not really spoilers and there is um a sign in kanji for the uh for the um the temple and Part of the kanji is covered by tree branches, and the subtitle is garbled just in one beginning spot, and then the rest of it is completely legible. So I think it was replicating the uh, visible part of the kanji. Okay, that the is subtitle. more believable. Yes. 
So I think whoever did the subtitles for this was trying to replicate one, the visibility of uh, signs and things like that. And two, like accounting for um, like how audible things were. I guess to my, like, my to only like, to like such a to like such a high degree. Yeah. And I think I think these subtitles were meant to be for Japanese people that wanted English subtitles. I do not think these were meant to be for English speakers. Oh, interesting. Because remember how you said the movie wasn't coming out until the second or whatever? Yeah. I grabbed that download on the first. Oh, so this was like a copy that that was already available. Um, yeah, it was like else. a Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, yeah. And then, so then all the other languages other than Japanese were not translated see because for a little while there i'm thinking like because last week you were talking about how am i going mad like <laughs> you have this whole segment about how you were losing your mind uh-huh. and now you're trying to make meaning out of like some uh <laughs> misspelled uh <laughs> subtitles but i think you might be i think you might be right there that, that does make sense okay okay yeah see so like <laughs> doesn't sound like a, an ideal experience though uh no probably not because like i mean the at thing, that point the thing about the tape that point though, uh, <laughs> Like the, the tape, thing with the tape, yeah, yeah, is is pretty ridiculous because like that I, I was like listening to it. I'm like, no, I can. It's perfectly audible. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine. You know, I, of course I can't understand it because I can't. You know, I could pick out some Japanese words that like I've kind of picked up. You know, but like I don't. But it's like I could hear it. I could hear it. And then the other thing I thought was like, is is that's fully Japanese or is it trying to replicate his method of? Um, like practicing these multiple languages. And so is it like mixing the languages and that's what it's trying to replicate in the subtitles? I was trying to work out all these different scenarios. Um, so yeah, so that was my experience. Uh, so yeah, so the, the other thing is the sign language. So for whatever reason, the sign language was subtitled uh, and sometimes it was fine. And then towards the later half of the movie, it was garbled. And I think that was due to the... Um, the visibility again of the signing hmm. that's that's the only that's the only logical reasoning i can come to so is this like a, a fan made uh subtitle you think i have i'm not sure it said it said blu-ray on the download yeah um and so that, so then the other thing i tried to do was because plex will uh like give you a search for um subtitles it can find if right. you type in the title so i tried to grab another subtitle um and it was out of sync, so that was completely unusable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like it was like minutes out of sync, so that was it was not even close. Um, so that was unusable. Um, so that was my experience. Um. <laughs> yeah. So like, as far as the official quote unquote, um, you know, the HBO subtitles, uh, the way they um, discern between different languages, like when they're rehearsing for their play, like there's some of the actors communicate via english others speak japanese or maybe korean and then sign language right so there's like four maybe maybe five different languages going on um in in like Mm -hmm. one scene and so they just differentiate using parentheses oh okay yeah but everything is everything is fully subtitled as far as like communicating what's being said interesting yeah but anyway, as for the the movie itself, yeah, yeah. Um, what'd you what'd you think of this one? Because you actually you mentioned last week you were thinking of reading the short story that this is based off of, and you followed through with that. Yeah, I did. I I read it uh, beforehand because I figured that would be um, give a good baseline. Because I was thinking with it being a three hour movie, um, that liberties would be taken. Uh, and I, I did, I really didn't know anything about the story whatsoever other than that it was written by, uh, Murakami. 
Um, so I read it beforehand. Um, and it's a very, very short story. It's like, I, it, it can't be more than like 25 pages. I can pull it up again, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it's very short. Uh, and so basically aside from some bits of the scenario, okay, it's 37 pages. Um, according to my, uh, ebook version, um, aside from some bits of the scenario, it's, uh, a completely different story. Um, so <laughs> It's interesting from like an awards perspective, because I do believe this is up for the um, best adapted screenplay award, which is kind of funny when you you think of it that way. Yeah. I mean, like technically, like technically they would have had to have purchased the rights, Mm -hmm. you know, of the short story in order to adapt it. Um, Because if they told a story that's like if they told this story and called it something else, they would probably have still been in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, technically. Um, so so this film, it, it's about um, a man who is a uh, an actor slash theater director. And it explores, like, his relationship with his wife um, early on. And she's a screenwriter. And, um, you know, about 40, 45 minutes into the film, it, it takes a bit of a turn. And he ends and up... drops the title... And drops the title sequence, which, by the way, like I am a sucker for that. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, I had to pause, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what did they just?" I absolutely I love that type of thing. We're we're forty five minutes into a film, and we're getting, you know, we're getting the credits, and that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so the movie takes a turn there, and it takes a two year time jump, and then he, uh, this this man is at a uh, a theater festival in Hiroshima, and he's he's directing this play. So I'm, I'm just curious, like what it takes from the short story as someone who's read it. Um, so uh, the 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 main character is an actor, mm-hmm. um, and it takes the the fact that he um ha- has a wife. Okay. <laughs> uh. It, it takes the fact that um, he had an accident and uh, discovers that he has glaucoma in his left eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the accident, he had uh, a, a bit of alcohol in his system. Um, and so the, uh, the the residency that he is doing, um, like, he's he's basically ordered that he can't drive anymore, like, legally. Um and so it's not it's not like this convoluted uh, sort of thing where it's like, no, it's our policy where you ha- have to have a driver. Um, he's basically legally compelled that he needs to have a driver now uh, because he ha- he like w- had a drink and then got into the accident and also has this medical issue now. Um, yeah. So they, they do frame it in the in the film as as it being a policy. But are the characters in the film lying to him? Because later on, we see other um, like actors that are that are driving their own cars. So it doesn't seem to be a universal policy. Um, are they just like are they concerned about his vision? And that's why they're doing it. But they they've lied to him and told him it was policy. Uh, I honestly thought it was just a clumsy way to get him to drive or not get him to not drive now. Yeah, well, it's, it's strange, right? Because they do introduce the glaucoma and that seems like a perfectly reasonable yeah. reason there, but then they come up with an entirely different reason. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty clumsy. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, because like the, 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 the story had a perfectly valid reason to get him to have a driver and then they just kind of didn't use it. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Um, yeah, so, that, so that's different. Um, in the story, uh, his wife has like a, a, a several months 
long um, battle with uterine cancer. Okay. And and dies. Uh, but that's like backstory. That's like not what's happening. Like in the in the present of the story. Yeah, I mean, it's in um, the synopsis, the movie synopsis, that this you know the bulk of this film is taking place two years after his wife dies. Um, so even though that does happen forty minutes in, it's really not much of a spoiler if it's like literally part of the description of the film. Yeah, yeah. So that so that is um that's different in in the movie. She dies of a uh, cerebral hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, she has in the movie she has to die like suddenly. Um, in in the story she in the in the you know in the backstory she had a, a few months uh, you know battle. Um, and she has to die suddenly because um, that plays into what this character is is grappling with, like internally later on. Yeah, the circumstances um, and and the like, what happens in the hours leading up to her death, and what what he's doing and not doing. Yeah, the the other change is that uh, his wife was also an actress, mm-hmm. um, and not a screenwriter, uh, and. That changes mostly to give the wife in the film uh, much more uh, of an active role and agency instead of like just being this um, like ghost. Yes. That she is in the in the story. Um, So there's that. Um, I'd say the biggest change, honestly, is that it like the the movie just like strips out uh, just a ton of Murakami like misogyny that he just like instills into his work. Just oh. based on how he writes, um, like okay, I, I I enjoy a lot of his writing, but um, he, the way he deals with women is not is not good. Um, <laughs> it, it it just it just really isn't. Uh, like this this short story is from a collection called uh, Men Without Women. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> okay, which is uh, he, sure, man. Um, and he has this really really bad habit of whenever he needs to describe uh, a woman he has to comment on the size of their breasts Mm -hmm. uh every every single time like without fail um and so uh uh in the story uh whenever you you're introduced to uh his driver the other main character of the story the the young driver um we have to get the full rundown of her appearance uh, and how homely she is, and also that she has uh, rather large breasts for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't add anything to the story. Uh, and then we also get uh, uh, a bit later, like the main character has to remark that uh, that she's actually quite cute. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't add anything. There is no like romantic tension between the two. Like they don't have that kind of relationship. Uh, it's just completely completely unnecessary it sounds like anything it sounds like all it does really is provide insight into the mind of uh murakami it it truly does yeah without fail he has to describe women's breasts like and not even like uh in in any great detail he has to just say it's like oh yeah they were they were big like that's that's really that's really that's what's what's what he does every single time Mm -hmm. um so so there's that um and also the the fact that um it, I, I find it just weird that uh, so so the main character's wife was cheating on him uh, and he's aware of it. And this is this is the case in both uh, the, the story and the movie adaptation. Um, and and so the wife uh, dies of uterine cancer. And, you know, obviously that is not a cause and effect. 
but uh, just the fact that she dies uh, of something uh, that is uh, like a body part closely related to her sex organs. Right. Um, it's just it's just strange and is not commented on, but just a weird uh, parallel to draw well, when it isn't needed for much of. Yeah, when you put it anything. in the context of how Murakami writes and like everything you just said, it it does sound very intentional. Yeah. So 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 the movie does, I would say, uh, strip out a lot of his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which is great to hear. It, yeah, and um, like I said, uh, so the so the wife is even though she um is only in you know like the first forty minutes, uh, she has m- much more agency. She's a she's a character and not just a a ghost. And, um, you know, her voice uh, in the st- uh, continues on in the form of the uh, the recordings, the tapes that he's he's studying and, and, and uh, practicing with. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like in the story, he just kind of said like he just explains how they had such a great relationship and blah, 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 blah. And how how wonderful his wife is. But like we don't we don't know really why or what their relationship was like. He just kind of says it was it was good. Right. Um, and so in, in, in the movie, we get to see their dynamic and their relationship and like see him grappling with that and the loss and the grief. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's fleshed out um, in a way that the story uh, wasn't maybe couldn't be, but uh, definitely wasn't. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like this adaptation really like took the ball and ran with it because um, mm-hmm. there's there's just so much going on in this movie, um, which I should say I loved, by the way. I, th- I thought this was fantastic. Um, like it's dealing with with grief and, and guilt and, you know, all those themes. But at the same time, it's like it's this commentary about storytelling itself. Right. And like the power of storytelling and, and the resonance of it and the way that it interacts with our lives and like just a lot of running themes throughout this. Um, like, what did you what did you think after reading the story? Like, what did you think of the film as a whole? Um, I, I kind of treat uh, like it, it's hard for me to um, like necessarily compare the two. I think of them as two separate. Yeah. Even. All right. So just, just tossing aside the story um, then. Yeah. Uh, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought the performances was, were uh, really, really good, mm-hmm. um, especially the uh, just like. You you can't necessarily get a read on this main character and what he's feeling until he um he opens up in like these like spurts right yes um and he even uh sort of addresses this whenever he's talking to the um the young actor about like opening yourself up to the text um and he 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 basically admits that he himself is like um closing himself off certain things but then there are just like moments where he just kind of like opens the release valve and like in in sudden uh bursts like where he has the dinner with the um with the dramaturge and his girlfriend and then he just suddenly says like yeah like she's the best driver ever and like you know i'm very happy you know just like just like out of the blue Mm -hmm. you know sort of thing um and just like has this like display of like uh opening up and care, you know, that suddenly means the world to this other person. Um, and then of course the scene where they go back to her hometown, you know, like that pivotal, like, you know, like these two, these two people that have so much in common, like just opening up. Um, yeah, that's sort of like, I guess you could call it like the emotional climax of the movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I really thought it was great. Like just the way that you, um, 
you see his um, acting process throughout mm-hmm. the the movie and the way that that um, mirrors his approach like to life as yeah. well. Yeah, because like um, he's directing this play, and so he's having all the cast members do like um, readings of the dialogue and everything before they actually like take the stage to rehearse. And so they're they're just sitting reading it as straight as possible without any emotion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really does like parallel with with like what we're getting out of him as a character until eventually you turn a corner and you start like feeling the lines of dialogue and you start understanding what this character is feeling uh, and, and dealing with like internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get to where he has to, you know, act yes finally on the stage and then he 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 plays out the scene right and then he has to you know he's off stage his part's done and then he just like sort of collapses after just expunging all of that Mm -hmm. you know like just the 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 catharsis of it um yeah you could see the whole entire process because the other actors didn't don't quite get it because he doesn't explain you know why they're sort of reading it so so straight, so just, you know, so bland, so, you know, the text is the text. Um, like, they don't understand why they're doing that over and over um, instead of just trying to act it out. Um, but then it then it comes together in that one, you know, cathartic performance. Yeah, it's it's really brilliantly constructed how they sort of they sort of weave the the, the story within the story, you know, like the the play mm-hmm. that they're they're gearing up to do and how it, it just relates so much to the characters outside of it. Um I just love that so much. Like there's so much attention to detail, like in this screenplay. Mm-hmm. And like Yeah, yeah, like like the the um uh the the lines that he's playing on the tape, you know, or uh, drawing immediate parallels to what's so- kind of going on in his life, you know. But not like on like, the nose. Not on the nose either, but like you can't help but uh, sort of meditate on them the same way he's doing. Yes, right? yes, um, absolutely. Because he, he has, he sort of has nothing but these drives and these lines. And so you're just ruminating on them. Like, because there's, there's nothing but the text, right? There's nothing... Yeah, so that's an, another thing I was going to bring up. Like, if you just look at the movie visually, like, just visually what's happening without any context, it's a lot of driving in a car. It's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, you know, traveling city to city, characters, talking rooms, whatnot. And, like, what they were able to do with just that, um, as far as, like, the car itself is just so distinct and so memorable, mm-hmm. you know? It's like this older model. I forget. I don't know exactly what, what type it is but it just stands out from everything it's a else sob. it's a okay, sob okay yeah, <laughs> that's the other, okay so in the book uh it's yellow okay and they make a big deal that it's yellow huh um and i think the, that's only changed because that would probably look like like that'd be harder to film uh compared to the red mm-hmm. is my only thought like like based on the like the scenery that they're using yeah i, I mean think that, 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 would that be makes harder. sense to me um just the way that this this car pops you know on the screen yeah um and your eyes like drawn to it and it's shaped very like uniquely and and just stands out and like just the small details of like so the the hubcaps on the car when the car is moving right and they spin it like it looks like the inside part of a cassette tape Oh, which is okay. just like such a like just such a smart visual like little thing to do you know like it just mm-hmm. it, that really impressed me like there's so many little things like that visually that they do like there is the scene so he's got like we mentioned he's got glaucoma so he's taking these eye drops periodically 
And in the scene that leads up to the uh, the the initial title sequence of the film, where he he finds his his wife um, unconscious on the floor. But before, right before that, he is sitting in his car and he's thinking and he does the eye drops and then the tear just like slowly goes down his cheek. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so these eye drops now are conveying emotion for him, even though he's not showing emotion himself. Like, it's just these yeah. little details that, that utilize like the little um, aspects of the character that we've learned about. It's just, I don't know. It was just really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the, the colors were, you know, like the, the scenery, there's a lot of blues and greens and like. The cool of concrete, you know, roads and bridges, you know, um, tunnels. Um, they go to like a waste disposal thing and uh, and um, like these these uh, a park with these cinder block, you know, cement uh, bleachers. And um, there was the one the, the one um, uh, what was that shot where it was uh, the perfect symmetry of the, the road and the power lines. Mm-hmm. That one was like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I, I know they just wanted that shot. Like, there was no, you know, <laughs> explicit purpose for it. But, like, they just wanted that because the, the, cause of the perfect symmetry of it. Sure. Um, uh, but, yeah, there were, there were just so many good shots. Yeah, I just, I like this so much. Like, I, it's one of those things where it's, like, I don't have a ton to say about this film because I, I just felt like so much of it was just, like, so wonderfully executed and, and like, so rich, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like it's three hours, but it doesn't feel like it, you know, because uh, some people might yeah, look at a no, three hour film and, and sort of be turned away from that, at least in like certain situations. Like you might not want to sit down one night and spend that much time on a film, which I've certainly sure. done before. But but uh, this this one definitely earns that runtime. I think it does. Yeah. Especially when you have a, a title sequence 45 minutes in. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but like so much of that runtime is it's going place to place. Mm-hmm. It's on the road. Um. And then, like, one of the, like, like most pivotal scenes is a conversation that happens in the dark in the back of a car. Yeah. Just just going back and forth between two characters talking. Which, by the way, the um, performances from both uh, men in that in that uh, that scene were phenomenal. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And another another thing um, that th- we were talking about how, like, the actors in the play, like, they're sort of, like, saying things that you can look at as a viewer of the film and sort of relate to. There's, um, when they're doing the straight reading of the of the play, and these these characters don't really understand the point behind it, um, and the director leaves the room, and they're sort of talking behind his back, and they're like, oh, I was falling asleep during this, but, like, not in a, yeah. ba- not in a bad way, just, like, it was, like, meditative, or it was, like, very, right, like, right, calming. Right. I felt the same way watching the film. So it's, like, it's, like, this, like, meta commentary in a way you know Mm -hmm. because like this movie is very like mesmerizing in the way that you're driving a lot and there's a lot of like shots that are quite similar to one another and there's like a like a hypnotic rhythm to it well yeah think about how i would feel whenever i don't even have the subtitles for the other languages so i can (laughs) do nothing but like listen no 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 i'm serious yeah yeah. i could do nothing but listen to the sounds right Mm -hmm. and then every time they're done with the line they 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 knock on the on the desk every single time. So there is this rhythm to it. Yes. Every single, you know, section of lines. And there's, some are obviously longer than others. There's the fact there's that, that. Uh, some of the characters don't speak the language of other characters. So they're hearing these lines, but they don't know the meaning behind them. They have to learn the meaning. Mm-hmm. So that is pr- a pretty interesting comparison for you specifically. Yeah. Not knowing some of the lines. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Like the, the scene in the park. Like... <laughs> I'm just watching these two characters, 
I've got nothing, mm-hmm. you know, because one, one speaks Mandarin and the other one speaks Korean sign language. Right. I've got nothing. Did you get, um, did you get the final, the, the very final scene? Not, not the one. Okay. So there's a final scene and then there's sort of like an epilogue of sorts, but there's a final scene that, t- scene that takes place on a stage. Did you get all of that? The dialogue? Yes. Okay, good. Cause yes. that's really like that, that blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's like a Chekhov adaptation, right? That they're taking that yes, from? Yes, Uncle Vanya. Right. Chekhov. Yeah, that just worked so perfectly for me. That was just such a, a powerful scene there at the end. Yeah. And then, of course, the epilogue was great, too. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting Fade to Black and credits, but that was a really nice little addition there. I, don't, I won't spoil it, but it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't have too much more to say. I think it's it's fantastic. I think you should definitely, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the film, I would definitely um, seek it out for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had anything else to, to add. Uh, I don't think so. No, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, can we stay in the, uh, the movie world for a couple minutes here? Cause there's a, a few stories yeah. from this week, uh, that I, you know, we wanted to, to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should probably address the, the Sam Elliott comments from this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Sam Elliott was on Mark Maron's podcast, and uh, I guess Mark Maron brought up uh, The Power of the Dog, which is uh, Best Picture frontrunner uh, for, for the Oscar this year, uh, Jane Campion's Western that we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sam, <laughs> Sam Elliott immediately was like, you want to talk about that piece of shit film? Um, and then he just <laughs> went into this rant about um, how, like, she, he was like, what does Jane Campion know about the American West? And he basically called this film like a mockery of of what he thinks is like the American myth and the American West. Um, and uh, yeah, he just went on this very... Um, homophobic, uh, sexist, just completely awful <laughs> rants, uh, that made a lot of news headlines naturally. Um, I, the thing that really gets me is that I think he didn't get the movie. Right. Like, like at all. He says there's all these allusions to homosexuality throughout the fucking movie. Um, allusions. Yeah, well, I have a quote here that, that, yeah, I have a quote here. So he's like, they're all running around in chaps and no shirts. There's all these allusions to homosexuality throughout the fucking movie. And then Mark Marin says, uh, yeah, I, I think that's what the movie's about, dude. <laughs> it's like allusions? Yeah. I said, I called it the gayest movie I've ever seen or the gayest movie of all time or whatever. Yeah. It's like allusions? Right, right. They're not alluding to anything. Mm-hmm. It's gay. Oh, completely. It's just gay. Yeah, completely. Um, no, I was going to ask you if you think this is uh, the gayest movie that Sam Elliott has ever seen. I I, th- I think it might be. I think it might be. I think, I think um, you're right. And, uh, but, so then, the, the, the one that that's really funny to me is, uh, I mean, Cumberbatch never got out of his fucking chaps. He had two pairs of chaps, a woolly pair, and a leather pair. Every time he'd walk in from somewhere, he never was on a horse. Maybe once he'd walk into the fucking house, storm up the fucking stairs, go lay in his bed in his chaps, and play his banjo. It was like, what the fuck? Where's the Western in this Western? He, uh, that was the that was the point of his character. Mm-hmm. That was the entire point of his character. Yeah. Was that he never took off his clothes or bathed. <laughs> that was the whole point. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Why didn't he take his boots off? 
I mean, it's funny because of how stupid the comments are, but also like it's very clear that Elliot has this idea of what a, a Western should be based on like what it has been for decades upon decades. And introducing like a new perspective is so um, I don't know if it's like, I guess, intimidating to him that he has this such a such a reaction to it, you know, Um, like it's just like just like so blatantly homophobic. He's like, this just doesn't belong in a Western. He's like, there's no room for this here. Like, this is just a mockery of 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 this this genre right um and like the other thing where he's like he 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 says um what does jane campion know about the american west so jane campion has been making films for decades and decades right Mm -hmm. uh very very long and storied career she's worked her way up to being one of the most well-regarded uh filmmakers in the world and despite all of that she still has someone like sam elliott coming out and being like you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're doing like if that is that is textbook sexism right there textbook Mm -hmm. like it's just so infuriating um it's like (laughs) you know to, to have the gall to like say like what you, you don't know what you're doing is just like it's so ridiculous yeah like i don't i don't even understand the the critique doesn't even make sense because westerns were made in italy mm-hmm. like that's their lineage the spaghetti western they were made in italy so why can't this one be made in new zealand what's the fucking difference right no it doesn't it, what's the fucking yeah, difference no they were spaghetti westerns were made in italy with spanish actors I genuinely don't think it's about th- that. I just think it's because she's a woman. Of course, but I know. But I, like, th- like that's how that's how nonsensical the critique is. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti westerns were made in Italy with Spanish actors, then and then were dubbed in English, like all those classic ones. Yeah, like all the Clint Eastwood ones. That's how they were made. Clint Eastwood is like the only American actor in those. Yeah, right. Like, and yeah, like those those do those depict the real American West? No, no. I feel they're made up. I, I really think it's as simple as like if if Denis Villeneuve or, or some some male filmmaker had made this movie, um, th- Sam Elliott doesn't come out and make these comments. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're right. Um, yeah, because it's like you know, in the past decade or so, I don't think it's a coincidence that as more and more. Um, women are making films like there's an increase in women directing films that's that's just been happening over the last number of years I don't think it's a coincidence that as that happens there are more like refreshing and 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 new takes on like old genres right so like you have this movie Mm -hmm. you have like Kelly Reichardt who made First Cow last year and who made um, Meek's Cutoff from from like 2010 which is just a, a total subversion of of everything you would expect from those old westerns like it's brilliant mm. and so like it, it you know it's clear that that um this genre is progressing in in ways that are threatening to someone like sam Elliott, and mm-hmm. that is what sparks this this reaction it has nothing to do with the quality of the film it has nothing to do with how informed um jane campion is on on the subject matter it's just he's he's seen progress and he doesn't want to live in a world where there's progress he wants to just keep on making those those same stereotypical cliche films that have have been like the status quo for so long right um and that that's really all it is like there was an article on on indie wire that basically was like sam elliott's reaction proves that um this movie has like real bite to it like it actually is accomplishing what it set out 
how to do. Like Sam Elliott by attacking it is just proving its point, mm-hmm. um, which I which I agree with. But um, yeah, so this uh, still as far as I've seen, Power of the Dog is still the favorite to win Best Picture. Um, I'm not sure if Sam Elliott is an Academy voter. Um, honestly, I, I don't think he should be after <laughs> after these comments. If you can take away his voting power, I would love that. But I mean, he's he's a character actor. He plays like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's irrelevant, honestly. Um, I did want to quickly mention the the SAG Awards that happened this past weekend, mm-hmm. just to kind of check in on where the, the Oscar races stand and, and what this maybe points to. So the Screen Actors yeah. Guild happened. Um, there were some winners that were, were pretty expected and probably mirror what's going to happen at the Oscars. Like Will Smith won... Uh, best actor for King Richard. And did you know that he has never won an Oscar? Uh, that is not surprising. I guess that's true. I mean, I was surprised. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really shouldn't be surprised by anything the Academy is like. They, they, there have been so many terrific actors that have not received the recognition, but it does seem like this year will be the year for him. He's He's the favorite to win that award, which will be cool to see. Um, Ariana DeBose won a supporting uh, female actor for uh, West Side Story, which like she's been a lock mm. for that since the movie came out. Um, now, the surprising one, which I had texted you the moment that the, <laughs> the award was given out because I knew you would love it, was the top prize of the night, which is the ensemble cast in a motion picture, went to the one and only Coda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in addition to that, uh, male supporting actor went to Troy Kotzer from Coda. So it looks like his uh, he's he's really got a lot of momentum and, and is the favorite to win that that uh, Oscar. I the thing is, I'm not gonna take anything away from the actors on that mm-hmm. one. You know, like that's whatever. You know, it's just the whole the whole what what do you call it? The whole picture as a whole you know okay i just i just i just don't i just don't get it. right and I, I won't i won't i won't uh <laughs> push you any further on that <laughs> but um yeah no the the one thing that i really just still don't understand so a uh, female actor in a leading role went to jessica chastain for eyes of tammy faye which i'm convinced is a movie that doesn't exist um, I've never yeah like I, I don't think it's there's always every year in the Oscar race there's that one movie that nobody's seen there's that yeah. one movie nobody's seen and somehow it's the favor to win an award and somehow it's always the Jessica Chastain movie <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, even though she won here, this is still, I think, probably the most up-in-the-air one is is leading uh, actress. Because, like, uh, Kristen Stewart wasn't even included in the SAG nominations, hmm. um, which was just wild to me. Uh, but she is up for the Oscar, so she has a shot to win. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so Power of the Dog, Best Picture seemed like a, as close to a lock as you could get, but now Coda seems to, you know, Coda <laughs> seems to be right there. Like, they, they have a shot they have an outside chance of winning best picture how could like come on like how can you compare something like coda to like drive my car like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense well i think they're 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 i'm sorry i mean they're two very very different movies i'm sorry i'm sorry like with with coda with coda you have just the 
just the skill alone. I'm sorry. No, no. Okay, so I guess I am going to have to be the COVID offender again. So they're, no. they're two very, like, Drive My Car is very art house. Good. <laughs> yeah, of course it's very good. It's very art house, whereas Coda is like this crowd pleasing, coming of age, feel good film. Yeah, yeah, junk, junk. No, it's it's a wonderfully executed junk. version of that type of movie. Of Hallmark. Of Hallmark. See, that you, you, belongs on TV. you mentioned that last straight time. Straight to video, straight to video. So you mentioned that last time, and it really makes me question whether you've ever seen a Hallmark movie. Yes, I have. Yes, I have, because my grandmother watches that. Well, I don't think you remember them correctly, because if Coda is a Hallmark movie, then, I mean, I I need to to be on that channel immediately watching all of them, because Coda is terrific. Coming home for Christmas, Mm -hmm. baby's first Christmas with whatever, all that shit. Coda should be right there. Well, okay. So what I, the point I was gonna make as far as the uh, they shot they're sh- the, the the color the color grader did the same job on both all those Hallmark movies. Um, so I'm just gonna continue talking. Um, the point I was gonna make about this and and kind of where the Oscars stand right now, a few weeks out, is like my expectations for the Oscars. I'm just happy if there's some surprise or like some suspense for the evening. Cause usually you come into these with a very good idea of who's going to win and you're lucky if something surprises you. And this year feels like a bit more up in the air than usual. Um, and as far as like Coda, like I would be happy to see Coda win best picture because my mentality is like, if I liked a movie then, and it wins best picture, even if it's not the best film of the year, I'm still happy because I just don't want another green book type scenario. You know, I don't want like another, um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it again. No, I know you're, yeah, you're going <laughs> to, I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, yeah, sure. Is Drive My Car a better film than Coda? Yes, but I think Coda is also... Of course, well, sure. But I think Coda is also very good in its own right. And I think if it won, it would be far from from the worst choice. Being at at the top of the Hallmark channel is still, you know... Man, see, the Hallmark comparison really annoys me because you're talking about, like, it's just a completely different league than anything that's been on Hallmark. You could have put Melissa Joan Hart in that movie and it wouldn't have changed anything. You just said you weren't going to take away from performances, but that's what you're doing now. Uh (laughs) I mean, you're clearly in the minority here. Yeah, well... You know, so you have to admit that there's something to this film if so many people are seeing it and and, oh, and no, liking it. Oh no, that doesn't mean shit. Okay. Marvel movies make billions of dollars. Well, I don't mean in in terms of majority. like box office money. I'm talking about like Academy voters. Yeah, but you're talking and about majority awards and 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 all sorts of and and the guilds. Yeah, but and all majority. That. Yeah, who gives a fuck? All right. Well, I guess we're gonna have to agree to disagree. <laughs> um, I, I will continue to be the uh, the coda defender on this podcast. <sighs> and I'm kind of rooting for the best picture win, honestly, just to kind of spite you oh, a little bit. Like, I, I do want to see Jane Campion win. I want to see Power of the Dog win, which I think will still likely happen. But this does add a little bit of uncertainty to that that narrative. It's got too many allusions to homosexuality. <laughs> Honestly, if anything, I think Sam Elliott might have just, like, bolstered the film. Like, I think people were, like, pissed off at that. And they probably just want to vote for Power of the Dog even more now. Like, if that's that's what I would. If I was an Academy voter, that's how I would feel. I think, like, so, like in his brain, he thinks that now all cowboy movies have to be gay and he doesn't want to act like be gay in a movie oh now, you think that's what he's it is. in all the cowboy i movies. don't know because he yeah. really was focused in on the chaps more than i think anybody else right was. so maybe there is some sort of repressed or or he, 
or he's embarrassed and he doesn't want to take his shirt off. Well, that's you know? understandable. <laughs> so he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to just go around in chaps with his shirt off. <laughs> so I, I did say that's that what, that's the direction that cowboy cinema is going. Oh in. man, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe he needs to uh, make a career change. Then I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I mentioned how like we should be able to get through everything this week, and then we spent an hour on the very first topic. So I apologize about uh-huh. that. Um, <laughs> but we can move on from from the uh, from the film stuff for now. All right, let's go into some bullshit. Yes. Oh, fuck. Wrong button. Ignore that. Is this the right one? No. Shit. Wait. Is this the right one? Didn't we get fucked up? So, I had an idea just now. If, um, if Coda wins Best Picture, then the week after that happens, you need to do the entire show with that voice, uh, that voice changer on. Nobody would listen to that. Okay, that's true. Oh, here we go. This is the right one. Okay, we got we got mountains of madness coming up. All right, cool. The problem with all my buttons and switches is that none of them are labeled, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to remember the positions of them all. <laughs> Shit. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this past week, uh, I went down one of my stupid rabbit holes, um, and uh. I basically, okay, so, um, I put down a, a, the deposit for a Steam Deck. Oh. And, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you have a pretty decent Steam library already, right? Because you have, like, a gaming PC. So Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, you already have a library to play in there. Yes, yes, um... So the let me let me go through my stupid thought process. Okay. Um, and so, so for a long time, I've wanted to uh, jailbreak my PlayStation Vita and uh, screw around with that and do some things. Um, and one of the things that you can do is uh, you can use uh, game streaming. And um, so you can use uh, a program called Moonlight, which is sort of like the Steam Link. It's like a third party Steam Link where you can stream games um from a pc to another device there's you know android app and you know there's like uh windows apps for you know if you have a lower powered pc like a laptop or whatever um so i wanted to do that um and there's also some other stuff that uh you can do um and so i screwed around with that uh and uh one of the other things you can do is um give it sd card compatibility because the playstation vita used stupid proprietary memory cards that uh, were uh, expensive whenever they were actually manufactured. And of course, they're no longer even manufactured. Um, So I jailbroke the PlayStation Vita and um, that process was actually pretty easy. But like doing anything on a jailbroken Vita is actually a pain in the fucking ass. Mm -hmm. Um, Because basically to do anything, you're using homebrew software that is really janky and crashes all the time. Um, 
and you also are using a really bad file manager and like using folder names that are like ux0 and uma0 as like your main two folders and like trying to figure out where the fuck things go and also like it's um, a piece of hardware that's like over a decade old now right yes so yes there's that is. um so the other thing i wanted to do was use it as uh, a, an emulator mm -hmm. uh, and play some older shit uh specifically what I wanted to use it for was to emulate uh, the uh, Super Famicom game Shin Megami Tensei If. <laughs> of course. Like, what else? That's the most on-brand thing I could imagine. <laughs> because that was never uh, localized outside of Japan, um, but it has a fan translation. Um, and in order to do that, which I found out, is you have to download the game, the Japanese game ROM then apply the English language patch to it mm. instead of just downloading an English ROM with the pan, fan patch already on it. So I had to download a weird piece of software called Luma something and apply a patch to like the, the uh, like 500 kilobyte Super Nintendo game. You're, you're braver than I am. <laughs> yeah, so that worked. Um, but getting it onto the Vita was a pain in the ass. Um, and getting it to use like work with RetroArch, which is like uh, an emulator system, and the other weird thing about the Vita is, is that a lot of the homebrew runs in uh, a PSP emulator on the Vita because basically all PlayStation Vitas came with a PSP built in. Mm -hmm. You just couldn't access it. And so whenever you jailbreak the Vita, you or yeah, the Vita, you also have to, you, it's, it's a good idea to jailbreak that PSP. So I'm booting into a jailbroken Vita and then booting into a jailbroken PSP and then booting into the emulator which then basically stole the look of a PSP home screen, the XMB <laughs> crossbar thing. Then I'm booting up a Super Nintendo game. This sounds like the plot of the next Matrix movie. Yeah, this is like some Inception <laughs> shit. Um, and so that worked, right? So I got the game to play. Fine, great. It was just a pain in the fucking Sounds ass. like a miracle. Yeah. Um, and so that's fine or whatever. I still haven't tested the game streaming. I'm not particularly optimistic because... Uh, the Wi-Fi chip in the Vita is from 2011, yeah. so I'm not particularly optimistic on that. So it's not going to be I, running Wi-Fi Moon... 6. No, no, it's not. Um, I've used Moonlight on my phone. Moonlight, the program works fine. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think the Vita version is going to be all that great. I still have to test that. Um, so then I uh, jailbroke my 3DS. <laughs> oh, the other thing I did with the Vita was that I, I, for, I made it so that uh, I could use SD cards in the game. Slot. yeah that that's that a big fine. deal that that's worked. nice that to worked. have for sure because those things yeah. like they never yeah. went down in price no they didn't and they don't make, they don't them, make them yeah um and so yeah that that worked that, that was fine that was pretty easy um and so since you can't actually buy new vita games anymore i don't think anyway but like you can download your purchases so i just like need to download all my shit to like this 256 gig card mm -hmm. Um, so I still got to do that. Um, anyway, back to the 3DS. So uh, the 3DS, that was also pretty simple to do. Um, the method for that one is crazy, though, because you basically use a crypto miner in order to do it. Whoa. Um, so there's like a website that you have to give some kind of identification code for the like your 3DS that uses basically uh, a crypto mining algorithm to break, and then it'll spit you out the solution for your specific 3DS. Mm -hmm. So then you take that, and then you run through the steps, and then it, it jailbreaks your 3DS for you. Um, and then you need to use that, make a little file, a save file, 
and then open that in the game Pokemon Picross, and then you can install custom firmware. Wow. And that works because the Pokemon Picross game is free and it, it allows you to just like plop in a save. The only annoying thing about doing the 3DS is you have to keep um, inserting the SD card into your 3DS and then into your computer and then back into the 3DS and then back into your computer for all these steps. But once it's done, it's done and that's fine. Um, the only real reason I did the 3DS, the, like there's not really a lot of like software that you can do like on the 3DS that's like useful like there's some emulators there's like a game boy emulator it's like whatever um but the real reason i did it was because you can um dump your game cartridges to your sd card oh nice so you can yeah so you can just have them on your 3ds you don't have to swap cartridges um so that's basically why i did that uh and it was pretty easy all things told it took me like an hour so you're actually using uh like jailbreaking for the that's like that always seemed like the re, the fake reason people give it's like oh I want to back up all my games that I already own I don't want to steal any I just want to I just want to back up the stuff that I have that I've already paid for but you're actually doing that I'm actually doing that on the th the 3ds yeah. yeah um on I, I was actually trying to pirate on mm -hmm. Vita um because you can't, you can't, yeah, buy you can't do it yeah and um that's going to be the case on the 3ds because they announced that they were going to um shut down the store i think next year oh wow um but like it's weird so i think in may you can't add any more funds to your account and next year they're shutting it down completely so but that like if you can't add funds to your account you can't make purchases so they're basically shutting it down in may yeah essentially yeah um and i think it's still the case where you can download your purchases mm -hmm but you can't buy new shit. Um, and like, I've basically have everything that I want on the 3DS, I think. Like I have all the SMT games. So like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, and I have like the Bravely Default games. Like I have the RPGs I want on there. So like, I'm good, you know. Um, the Vita, I never got uh, the PSP version of um, Persona 1. And so I downloaded the ISO for that, but I didn't know where to put it, like in the file structure of the Vita. So I just couldn't get it to work because like I already have PSP games that I had purchased and those just work just fine. You boot into the PSP emulator and you go over to the game section like you would on a PSP and you just boot up mm -hmm. your games. But I thought I was putting them in the same area in the file structure on the Vita, but it doesn't show up. So I never figured that out. So that was a real pain in the ass um, because if you like look online for any instructions, um, all the instructions are like for, for PC, PSP emulators. It's just like, oh yeah, just open up this ISO file and just play the game. It's like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm on the fucking PlayStation Vita. So how do I get this to work? Um, so long story short, um, you bought a Steam Deck. The reviews for the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the reviews for the Steam Deck came out, um, which I really didn't have any interest in, um, because I was like, oh, that looks cool. It looks like a better switch. Um, but I have a PC, so why do I right. need that? Um, but then the reviews came out, uh, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this would actually fit my needs, my very specific needs for things, um, <laughs> which is I like to stream games and not sit at a desk and play PC mm -hmm. games um, because I used my Vita to stream PS4 games a fucking wow. lot. Um, I, I did it a whole lot because uh, I would like to watch things on my TV while also streaming games to my Vita. It's such a specific, specific need that is like so first worldy, you know, like it's like so ridiculous. I, um, 
somebody I, I worked with a teacher in my last job uh, for a while was super into I think it was Elder Scrolls Online and mm. so he managed to stream his PS4 from his Vita like remotely like at work which I didn't even think was possible but he was doing it uh, for a period of time there he must have had a he must have had a really good home. It must have been, right? Yeah. So that was cool. Like, because, probably not great for yeah. his work productivity, but still cool. No, probably not. So, yeah. So, like, they stopped remote play support for Vita for PS5. Mm-hmm. So, you, you just can't do it. Um, And so, there isn't any homebrew solution for it either that I've seen. So, that's one bummer right there. Um, So, that's one of my use cases for the Vita Wait, down. hold on. Um, can't I, you... <laughs> can't you um you can like stream uh you can do like remote play from a ps5 to a ps4 right to a ps4 i have no oh, idea. i thought maybe you could and so i'm thinking like could you do stream from a ps5 to a ps4 and then do remote play on the vita to the ps4 oh i have which no would idea. be not worth it and probably not even not that'd even be possible, crazy but who knows yeah i gave my ps4 to my brother anyway well there you um, go yeah but yeah so that's so that's one you know use for the vita out um and if moonlight is bad which i have a suspicion that it would be that's another use for the vita out Mm -hmm. um and so uh the steam deck um it can run the smaller games that i have on my steam library like no fucking problem it could even run like the medium games uh no fucking problem and the heavier shit i can just stream it from my pc to it um and it's got you know newest wi-fi and my pc is wired so like it'll be fucking perfect um so and then the other thing is that uh it runs linux and so while there isn't a native ps5 remote play app for linux uh there is a third party one um so you just have to run that and it it should work because uh sony has only released an android app for remote play um which i've used uh, and i've actually used a third party one which is better because it unlocks the fucking frame rate um which is annoying that sony doesn't do that uh, so there's, there's the use for the Steam Deck, number one, uh, I guess number two, because I talked about the remote play for PC. Um, so then there's use number three, which is emulation. Um, and they're not emulators directly on Steam, but again, it run, it runs Linux. And so all you have to do is hit the desktop button. You go directly to the Arch Linux desktop, uh, hit the basically apps page, and all the emulators are at the top of the page. So then you just grab the emulators immediately. And it's mm. got PSP, PS1. It can even run the PlayStation 2 emulator, which is crazy to think about for a handheld. Um, so it can it can run all of them. It could actually probably run the PS2 emulator better than my old laptop can, uh, where I cranked SMT Nocturne up to 4K uh, <laughs> 60. And that, that made the fans go fucking crazy. Um so yeah, uh, based on the reviews and shit, uh, I decided to put in for the uh, deposit. Yeah, because there's like a backlog of of people waiting. Yeah. Right? So uh, based on the current backlog, it's saying after Q2 this year. Which, which what, where does that line up as far as like real months? Uh, <laughs> Q2 ends, I think July. Okay, I mean that's not no, too it's bad. not, and like I'm in no rush because like I wasn't even planning on like considering this thing. And and you got to figure that by then they'll have some of their software issues sort of straightened out. Like it seems to be very so. buggy and glitchy. Uh, so. I, I think it's less buggy and more just like like some kind of like design issues with uh, okay. the UI based on what I've seen. Um, yeah, because it seems like they're pushing out daily updates, yes. which is crazy to think about. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny. I was um I was listening to the Verge cast and the reviewer for the Steam Deck was on there. And he yeah. was his review basically pointed to really not recommending people buying it right now. But like mm-hmm. him actually talking about it on the podcast, he was so enthusiastic about it right. <laughs> that like it just didn't line up with his review because like he was like really into it because he was like very like um, just into like getting into like all the details of like you can basically map out any sort of control scheme you want to. You can like customize mm-hmm. it like up and down like there's so many options and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like it just sounds like there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like this, it was completely off my radar. Like I knew, I knew it was coming and I was like, oh, that, that'll be cool for a lot of people. Like, Mm -hmm. um, especially if they want to get into PC shit, um, and it's price, they have to be taking a loss on it, uh, just based off of, um, the specs that it has Mm -hmm. and, uh, the price point and their competitors and like these handheld computer things. How much is it? Um, uh, the highest end model is 650 and it starts at, um, I think 399, 499. Okay. Let me see. And um, what's the difference between that, what's the difference between the uh, two? So there's three models. Uh, the first one doesn't have an SSD, so I you shouldn't get that one. Honestly, um, it has like flash storage. So, so that, that just that means you you're like stuck with whatever internal storage. Uh, no, it has an SD card slot. Uh, so 399 is the 64 gig flash storage model, uh-huh. and then with an SD card slot, 529 is 256 gig uh, NVMe SSD. Um, and you get a carrying case. Uh, well, you get a carrying case with both. And then 649 is the 512 SSD. Um, and that one also has an anti-glare uh, uh, screen on it. But otherwise, all the resolutions on the screen are identical. And mm-hmm. the internals are all the same as well. It's just the storage that uh, changes in the screen uh, anti-glare. I see. Um, so, yeah. So, I put in... Because you put in five bucks to reserve your spot in line. And um, whenever you get called, you get an email, and then I think you have like seventy-two hours to claim and purchase. And That's not bad. Or otherwise, you know, it, you you get skipped and uh, you don't get yours. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I was like, I was like, oh, I'll just put in, you know. And then like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep that. Like it's the same. It's the same thing I did with the PS5. Yeah. You know, where I was like, oh, I got the pre-order. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to keep that. It's like, yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, that ended up being a great move. Um, I know, considering right? Considering how difficult it's been yeah. to get one. Because because I thought about it and I'm like, I really haven't been playing that much PS5. Um, And I think part of it is because of uh, remote play and like the types of games that I play. Mm-hmm. Um, Where like, I, I really, really love handhelds. Um, And like, I always have like going from Game Boy to PSP and, you know, Vita and Switch. Um, cause I like being able to just like watch hockey or whatever and like just play a game like in bed or whatever. Um, and yeah. just like the types of games I play is like, yeah, I, I feel bad. I've neglected my switch ever since I got the, uh, Xbox, uh, series S. Um, cause like when I first got that switch that like revitalized my interest in games. Yeah. Um, like I put like a hundred hours into animal crossing alone. And if you know me, like that's a lot of hours mm-hmm. for, for me mm-hmm. uh, specifically. Um, I was super into the fire emblem. Um, so yeah, I need to, I need to dust that off, dust off that switch, uh, pretty soon because it's, it's just been sitting there and I feel yeah. bad about it's it. It's just, it's just now it's like, it's so underpowered. It's like. It is, but I saw there's like a new um, strategy RPG on there. I forget the name of it, but it has kind of like Fire Emblem-ish vibes to it where it's like the three. Oh, what? Triangle strategy? That's it. Which yeah. I heard is not great, great, but like it still seems pretty. Yeah, intriguing. it's supposed to. It's supposed to mimic um, uh, tactics, Final right? Tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I might, I yeah. might check that out. Um, while we're gaming, uh, let me do a quick 
uh, did it all for the Moogle update here. Ooh, can I sneak in a TikTok? Because this isn't part of my other segment, but I, I saw this one this week and I was sure. like, yeah, I just got to send this to you. I mean, you know, it's it's silly, but you'll see. Are you mad at me? What's wrong? I'm pregnant. Are you sure? Yes, it says it right here. Here's some money for your troubles. Good luck raising the kid. I have more. I have more important stuff to worry about. There's nothing more important. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. yeah, actually, off the RuneScape. Uh, yeah. And then my sister, I just she just said that she's like burnt out on it too. So I mean, that's what happens. We go back, and then we're like, oh yeah, you know, the nostalgia. And then, like, we get sick of the grind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it, happen it happens every time. Like, every, like, seven years, you know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just want to give this quick update. Um, this is from Persona Central, a good follow if you need Persona news. Um, I mean, I feel so, like this is the place to get your Persona it news. It is. It is. Yeah. But uh, if you'd like the written format of a lot of things. Um, and they translate a lot of Japanese stuff, which I cannot do. True. Um, so, uh, Soul Hackers 2 producer, uh, director Eiji Ishida. Um, basically confirming what I said last week, um, says that, uh, this is from an interview and said, please tell us how this project started. And, uh, he replied, uh, one of the main reasons that we received many requests for a sequel in the user survey that Atlas regularly conducts. Uh, and there were many fans within the company that wanted to make a sequel. So yes, I did cause the soul hackers Two sequel. You're all welcome. Uh, <laughs> is I this your it. victory lap? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, there's that update. Great. Um, uh, do we want to talk about Elden Ring now we're just full gaming? Okay. Um, yeah, so we mentioned this a little bit last week, how we were both going to dive into Elden Ring. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what's your experience been like? Oh, you want to start with me? Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing it. Um, my background with the uh, From Software games is that I really have no background. Like, I, I've tried. Sure. I've dipped my toe in the water, but never really went in, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, this game is is uh, really interesting to me. Um, I've, I've had a, a tough time with it in the opening hours, but I'm still, like, just, like, very much wanting to go back for more, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like, I really have no idea what I'm doing in this game. Yeah. Like for for a few hours, I I didn't even know how to level up at all because like oh, you you okay, have yeah. to you have to reach a certain um like point where this character will appear and then you can talk to the character and then you can level up that way. But mm -hmm. like she wasn't appearing for me and I wasn't sure mm. why. Eventually she did, but for like for a while I was just carrying around all this XP. Yeah, yeah, yeah with nowhere to put it and so every time i died i would leave behind just a ton of xp that i'd be nervous to go back and retrieve right. um and i got pretty reckless with it too where i was walking around kind of exploring a little bit and i came upon a cliff a very steep cliff mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. just like straight down you know straight <laughs> yeah. down yeah um and i'm like i guess i was in like the fortnite mindset where like in fortnite you can kind of just like you can gracefully like just kind of slide down and not no, hurt, not hurt no, yourself, no, right? No, so I'm like, I wonder instead yeah. of taking the long way around, if I can just no. kind of gracefully slide down this almost 90 degree <laughs> cliff. Um, and and as you would predict, I I died. Um, yeah. But the problem was is that I somehow managed to drop 
uh, I, I died and dropped my uh, my stuff that I've earned halfway down this. Place. Oh. So there was just like no way for me to retrieve it. So I lost yeah. a good, like two hours worth of, of XP, which really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I've been keeping at it. I'm chipping away at it. Like I'm. this is probably not the way to play the game. Really, you're probably supposed to like immerse yourself and just like sit down for multiple hours and really just like go at it right but i've been kind of like getting frustrated shutting it down playing something else coming back to it yeah um so i did i beat like a mini boss uh what's his name let me look up his name because he had a really cool name was it the um the cat no it, it was uh yeah it was the beast man of farum azula oh. yeah he was just in a cave uh somewhere it was he, yeah he was hidden inside of groveside cave which is pretty pretty near where the starting point is in the game i think um, i found that yeah it's like it's very early on uh, i just kind of happened to go in that direction i ended up in the cave and there's a bunch of like wolves and stuff that i i uh took down then i ended up mm-hmm. facing down this beast man and unfortunately again i was in a situation where i could not level up and so the, right. i would die and then I'd, i my my xp would be left behind in the in the uh the cave with the beast man yeah. so my only option if i want to, to get it is to go back and try and beat him again right, right? Well, um, no, if, it's a, if it's a boss it should be uh well i guess it clear. wasn't it wasn't uh, it, i say mini boss i mean i don't know how you really would would what you would call him like what sort of category of boss he is but it just seemed a, like a boss just a to tough me. customer yeah there you yeah. go um so eventually the way I beat the beast man was I <laughs> I kept spamming the roll, like the dodge roll, mm-hmm. uh, so that I could get separation and like cast some spells and like wear them down that way. But it was just like comical yeah. because I was just flailing around, like rolling all over the <laughs> the cave. Um and I just mean, that's like kind of the game though. Is it? Because it felt very clumsy to me. I feel like there's a much, much more impressive way to go about this this encounter. Um but I did it and I beat him. Uh a win is the, a win. A win is a win. I'll take it. Like I'll take it in this game. Um yeah, I did some more exploring. Like I went and uh, I went south instead of north. I was like, let me let me switch it up, go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um and I saw an island in the distance. And again, I'm in that that Fortnite mode, right? Where I can just like can I just swim yeah. over there? I I, I can just swim right so i i you know i I go for a nice dip in the water and i die immediately because i guess your character can't swim um in this world if you look at the water like all the water is clearly like a cliff if you oh is it i guess i wasn't looking close enough it looked very clear to me it looked like a nice (laughs) yeah it shows you like the bottom like it's like it goes straight down which is supposed to be your hint that like no you can't you can't touch it in this one just like the other ones well, I think I also read one of the player inserted uh, messages that's right by the the shoreline, and it said like treasure ahead. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. very naive when it comes to when it comes to this game. <laughs> um, but no, I, then you know, then I went west. I couldn't go south, mm-hmm. so I went west, and I ended up going to this cool area where I found like a secret passageway, and I cleared it out, and I was very proud of myself, and I opened this chest, which I thought would be like a cool reward chest. But it, like, transported me to, like, the other side of the map in this very weird place. Oh. Uh, And I'm like, oh, God, what is going on here? And then there's just, like, another body of water, but this was, like, blood red water. And I'm like, I didn't, I I guess I didn't learn my lesson the first time. I'm like, can I traverse this blood red (laughs) uh, ocean here? 
Um, and it turns out I could, right? Oh. I, could, I could walk into it. However, I immediately uh, got like a, a deadly disease from it um, yeah, that yeah. just like uh, was draining my health uh, second by second. And uh, I really had no way of getting out of that. So I, my reward for clearing out this dungeon was to die from like, I don't know, some black plague or something. Um, hmm. So that's Elden Ring for me. Yeah. I'm having fun despite yeah. all that. <laughs> um, I think I guess I've had a s- smoother time. Okay, um, that's not surprising. Probably because I've I I have some idea of what to expect. Uh-huh. Um, because like I I you have to you have to kind of treat it like you're gonna lose those souls, right? Oh, like, okay. See, I I haven't accepted that. You're you're gonna lose them. Um, and if you're that concerned about losing them, you have to go back. Um. But you have to have the mindset that like those are fucking temporary and you will get more. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the, it, that's like a mindset you kind of have to have. Um, and I, did, I didn't know how to level up either uh, because the, 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 the later Souls games, usually they're like, oh, yeah, you got to kill a boss first before you could level up. You like you got to you got to prove it. Oh, wow. Um, but no, this game actually doesn't let, like have that. It seems to be like checkpoint based. Yes. Um, and so I actually like unlocked leveling up pretty early on. Um, I, I picked the same class you did because it sounded interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Astrology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been going full magic. Yeah, I'm putting uh, my points, uh, the ones that I've gotten now that I can level up, I put them mostly into uh, intelligence and yeah. mind. Um, I've, I've been going like full, like I want the most MP possible. I want to keep on fucking casting mm-hmm. uh, because like in this early going, uh, like the spells do so much fucking damage. They like, do, yeah. Like it does so much damage where it's like, if I can just cast the shit before dudes even get to me, it's like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, yeah, because I'm, I'm my, my weakness is very much the close quarters combat and like learning how mm-hmm. to block and evade and, and counter and all that. So yeah, I've been relying pretty heavily on the magic yeah. for sure. Um, And this game is interesting because... Uh, maybe it's just the class or maybe it's just like overall, but like I've, I've seen some other people's gameplay and I think it's just like, like the game, the way they've set it up is they give you so much stamina to start with, which, um, they, they didn't in the other games where, uh, like this one, they want you to have more actions. Like they want you to be able to roll more, uh, or cast more. Um, I wouldn't have like, been able to beat the beast man if I, if I couldn't just roll. Right. Endlessly. Exactly. Uh, and so I really think that is, um, part of the game. Like they want you to have more actions than mm-hmm. before, and like so, you, and they want you to be able to put more points into other stats other than uh, endurance or whatever the hell gives you more stamina. Uh, because before you would have to focus a lot on getting more stamina in order to roll more and you know things like that. Um, but this one, they're like, no, nah, we're gonna give you a good amount of stamina so you can actually try out some other shit, um, and it's actually really helpful. Uh, cause that, that way I can go hard on the MP and, uh, the mind or whatever the hell the damage, the damage that is for magic. Yeah. Um, you can focus on the fun stuff instead of having to worry right. about maintaining your, your stamina. You can focus on the stuff right. that actually like really makes it fun to yeah, play. Yeah. And the other cool thing is that when you're not in combat, actions don't take up your stamina, which right. I learned pretty quickly. Um, because before, like in the other games, even, even though like in just exploring, uh, running would take up your stamina, you know, mm-hmm. like swinging your sword to break shit would take up your stamina. It's like here. No, they want you to explore. They want you to be able to run 
in the in the world. Even though you do get a mount, it's like no, you should be able to run. But like when, then when you're in combat, it's like now your you know stamina is a factor, um, which is a really smart decision, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. Um, I have rage quit a couple times, you know, but like, uh, yeah, like I like finding the little dungeons and exploring them. Um, I found like an elevator and I thought it would just be a dungeon, but then the elevator kept going and going and going and going. Um, and now I'm in like this entire like zone. Um, and that's like sort of where I left off because I probably shouldn't be here because things are kicking my ass. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, not only are they kicking my ass, but like, they're like ghosty things. And they just kind of pop up like in front of me, uh, which is pretty annoying um, because I can't like I can't have that casting distance now. So I have to like, you know, roll and shit. I, I found a weapon art ability um, that, that I can use with my left trigger that like basically lets me get behind people when I hit it, uh, which is pretty helpful because I've been enjoying the backstabs uh, quite a bit because mm -hmm. um, that's another thing that like that, that's what I've uh, I learned from Bloodborne is um a lot of the time, you don't want to always roll backwards. You kind of want to roll towards an enemy whenever they're attacking. Oh. Um, like not all the time either. Like, it, de it depends on, depends, like, what their, yeah. their attack is. So, like, if you can roll uh, forward at them, they're, you know, you dodge their attack, and now you're behind them, and now you could actually fuck Ooh, them up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And I, I I knew this wouldn't be the case, but, like, I, I really wish they would have implemented um, Bloodborne's dodge system. It's so much more elegant and like quick and responsive than the uh like the dodge roll yeah because um, you don't in bloodborne you don't roll you kind of like backstep or sidestep right if i remember correctly yeah you kind of like swoop like side to side or like whatever direction you're aiming um, yeah it was much more responsive yeah i i really missed that um and i i kind of don't know why they abandoned it um but i guess it's like a trademark of that game um but this does feel like snappier than i don't know if that's the word but then than dark souls right like it feels no more, it does yeah it does yeah um, and I don't know if it's like similar to like Dark Souls three because I didn't play that one. That's like the one I didn't play. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it is it is faster. It feels better. Um, I, I enjoy this dodging a lot more than like uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls one, especially two. God, two felt clunky as fuck. It's um, also just like such a cool world to. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just have fun like trying to find shit and looking around. Like so many times I say like, oh, what the fuck are you? Or like, what is this? Like you know, just like. Yeah, yeah, the designs of the enemies and the creatures and whatnot, it's, it's just mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, I think I've only fought, like, two bosses, maybe three. Like, not counting the starting one that, like, you kill in two hits that, like, doesn't Yeah, I, um, <laughs> for a split second I was kind of impressed with myself, but then I was like, nah, it's probably, yeah. probably pretty <laughs> intentional there. It's easy yeah. to... Well, no, the very first yeah, one, like, the very first one is like you, you you have to like you can't beat it. You die and then you get resurrected. Yeah, yeah. And there's a cutscene, But then after that, there's a very, very. Yeah. Easy one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because usually the, then they, there's like a, a, a first boss that's like, oh, you got to kill this one. And now you can level up mm -hmm. like that's how Bloodborne went. And I think it's how Dark Souls three went. Um, but so it's nice that it's like it is opened up because um, I haven't fought that guy that's in the starting area on the horse yet. No, I'm uh, avoiding him. Uh. Mostly because mostly because I've just been exploring other areas. Like I haven't really been back to that area since. I've like mm -hmm. been all over the place. See, I'm um, I'm I'm scared to stray too far because I don't want to like end up in a place that's like way I'm way underpowered for, but I don't know if the world's designed that way. It's probably designed to to have you explore more, right? Then and, be, and kind is. of be rewarded for that is what yeah, I'm getting. Even though I'm in like this tunnel area, like this underground world um like I, I am getting my ass beat a little bit but like 
like whenever I'm fighting something, it's not uh, my damage that's lacking. It's just like me getting like dodging into something that, you know, kills me. Like it's it's not it's I don't think it's an issue of um, stats. It feels like it's your. Yeah. Fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I still might like back out of this place just because uh, like I, I, I'm like not progressing. Like I'm still like stuck here. Right. You can fast That's, travel out of that. Yeah, zone. there's been there's been some bonfires or whatever the hell they're called mm -hmm. uh, in this one. Um, cause I, cause like I said, I thought it was a dungeon, but it's like so big. It cause like I can use my horse there. Like oh um, okay. So it's not a dungeon. Um, but it's it's really it's really big. Um, yeah. Uh, I also I think it's cool. That there's crafting, even though it's not very deep. Um, yeah, I purchased the crafting kit, but I haven't gotten to the point where I've used it yet. Yeah, I like you can make the horse uh healing items but i don't quite know how to use them um do you engage like, in combat a lot on uh, the horse? i've only done it for like like smaller mobs like um right. but i miss frequently i'm not very good at it yeah so um i kind of don't use the horse all that much but this is more of like a personal thing just like with games in general like if there's a horse in a game i usually don't use it uh because i like to explore on foot um even though this is like an implementation of a horse that is uh, pretty good, like where you can just like quickly pick up things on a horse. You know, there are some games that like it's not uh, smooth, like where you, you like you have to dismount or like do something in order to like interact with items uh, right. on the ground. And also um, you don't this... have to like summon the horse like by and wait for it to like reach you. Like it just it, it appears like it's just. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just there and you're on it, which mm -hmm. is very nice. Um, but even so, like I like to be on the ground and like exploring things. It's just the way I've played uh, a lot of games like this. Um, like the horses in Elder Scrolls were always dog shit, so I never. You're telling them, me you were walking you know? the desert in in Red Dead. Red Dead's different because that like is like an auto horse where like you're on the road and it's sort of just like yeah, goes on true. its own, you know. Um, so that that's a, that Red Dead's a different you know situation, but like other games, um, I I just kind of ignore horses. Um, so that's like so like if I have to travel like a big distance or like I'm like backtracking through an area. Um, I will go on the horse, but other than that, I kind of just like exploring. Now, I've seen people on Twitter say that they've gotten to a point where they've pulled out like a physical notebook to keep track of things. Have you, have you gotten to that point where you've like been uh, thinking about doing that? No, not yet. Um, cause actually like the one I met a character that was like, oh, you should go see this guy. And he's like, here, I'll mark it on your map. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was like the mm -hmm. one instance where like I've met like a questy sort of thing and, uh, like the character like actually gave me a waypoint oh. so um not not to this point i haven't needed to like mark anything down um like i haven't found like any like secret vendors or anything i don't think where i would like need to be like oh yeah that guy's over here or you know anything uh and i haven't found like quests like unmarked quests or anything so far um like i don't think i'm that far into the game right right like I'm just like fucking yeah. around. Um, so maybe that might be something I need to consider later. But yeah, no, not right now. Um, like I haven't found like a spell vendor or anything yet. So I still have the two base, you know, spells like the single target and then that like. Wave. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I I'm I'm hoping to to find some more. Yeah. Um. I also haven't found like a ton of gear. Um. I've kind of only found like heavy shit, which I'm like mixed and matched with the starting stuff, just because I don't want to like way get like weighed down too much because i like the mm -hmm. fast roll um but yeah i've also been enjoying the stealth the stealth has been pretty good um like whenever you find like an encampment yes. or whatever um i've been enjoying like picking dudes off with the backstab oh it's very satisfying um yeah 
And then another thing I went MP like heavy for was the summons because I've like I've gotten like like five summons. Um, and I but I think like basically the only useful ones have been the wolves and the uh skeletons. Oh, I haven't gotten skeletons. Um, I don't know where I picked that up. It might have been a dungeon. Um, but yeah, those have been pretty good. So how how many hours have you put in? Do you know? Um. I don't know the number. It like it's hard. Like, to, it's actually you can t you can say how many hours, but with this game specifically, it's kind of hard to quantify because like you could just be doing your own thing, and it, it's kind of hard to track your progress essentially. Yeah, I would I would say maybe like fifteen. Like the last week, I haven't played as much mm -hmm. as I did uh, the previous week, so it's like maybe right. like fifteen. Um, because I'm trying to finish SMT five. I'm at the end finally. Um, so yeah, I'll probably be going harder in the next week. Um, I think I should just leave that area that I'm in because that kind of like card stuck me. But but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Seems like um, everybody is. I mean, this game is selling very well. Um, it's all I see yeah, on Twitter. Crazy. People talking about it. Yeah, I think it's just the the hype of like the hardcore Souls fans like waiting and making all the memes about waiting so long, um, and like having a game that had this much hype deliver. Wait, why have they been waiting know? so like, long? Wasn't Sekiro like 2020? Yeah, but that that uh, even though that had similar combat, I think that was very different because that was sort of like a linear oh. experience and like um like that was like uh not soulsy in the same way where there's like like that that was a game that like the story just sort of was told to you and so like there's not that mystery um and also I think that game like didn't have weapons like you just had the one oh, weapon really? um so that was like more of just like a third person action game with souls like mm -hmm. combat if i understand correctly um that game wasn't for me i don't really like samurai you know feudal mm -hmm. japan shit um so I, I i really think that um like this is this is like dark souls 4 oh, okay. basically okay yeah it makes sense it's like an evolution it's like an evolution of the series right. right um so i think that's what they've been waiting for um so yeah i just, I just think like the, the hype is like it actually delivered you know like cyberpunk that whole disaster uh it, it's it, it's been a very long time for a game that this was like this anticipated yeah there hasn't been like a big blockbuster in, deliver. in a while right you know and i think a lot of people have been disappointed by like the annual releases and yep. things like that you know like a, a lot of games have just coming out uh buggy and felt rushed and unfinished and you know there, there are a lot of reasons for that um so yeah i think just a lot of people are are jumping on even if they wouldn't normally play a game like this um and even if they might bounce off, they're just like kind of looking for uh, something new to play. Like even my sister who bounced off of Bloodborne, uh, even though she uh, she hated it, but she liked it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, she was asking me about Elden Ring. Right. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's getting such like really broad appeal uh, or at least interest. And it's made the it, it's made um, the game is more accessible, it seems, than the previous From games, like from the stuff that you talked about, like the differences, like the, the fact that you can level up quicker and 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 just like mm -hmm. uh, just various things that make it easier to kind of dive in and be successful early on, um, even though I'm not, you know, very successful so far, but I still feel like I can get there. Yeah, because you can just you can just go explore like you can uh, just like, uh, you know, level up on packs of enemies. Right. right? Like and you, and you don't have to grind on them either. You can just do that as you're exploring areas, you know, because I think we talked about this last week where it's like you can get powered up in Souls games by just, you know, hitting the same skeletons mm -hmm. over and over. Um, and you can do the same thing here, but instead you're just exploring different vistas and like, oh, you can go down. What's what's on this beach here? And, you know. 
these different encampments and uh, it, it is an open world. So like you can go see these different things. Um, at the same time, you are getting stronger and, you know, you're learning what these weapons are. Um, I've actually found a lot of weapons. That's the one thing I found. Um, so you could try different weapons that, you know, maybe feel better to you. Um, so, yeah, like it, it is much more approachable in that way where you're not like stuck in this one corridor where something is kicking mm -hmm. your ass and you have nowhere to go but forward, uh, which is the case in Souls games. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Like I stumble into a cave and then I beat like a little a mini boss and I get some confidence from that. You know, then I'm like, OK, now I can go tackle yeah, yeah, something yeah. else. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to keep checking so, in yeah. with this. Um, it's going to be an ongoing I think so. yeah. game, I think, for the both of us. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so we do have another Mad Watch. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I wanted to give this another shot. I wanted yeah. to maybe uh, have some videos that relate to one another, maybe some more focus on the segment rather than last week, which was just like showing random ass TikToks. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there's, there's a little bit of that here. But yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I wanted to get a little political here, if if that's if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so my fate, my favorite, my new favorite genre of TikTok that I've I've come across is the one where uh, Republican lawmakers will be out in public somewhere and they just get like berated by oh yeah <laughs> by somebody uh -huh. by a constituent yeah um so here we have i think i believe this is the virginia governor getting like his morning coffee or whatever oh wait no you know what that's the wrong one i screwed up No, I meant to show, um, I meant to show, all right, can we start over with that? Sure. <laughs> okay. So this, what this one was, this was, uh, the Virginia governor. He was doing like what looks like some sort of PR thing mm -hmm. at like a supermarket. And he's literally the only person in, you know, on the screen that's not wearing a mask in the entire yeah. place. Like he's basically like bagging groceries as some sort of like PR thing. And then he yeah. just like this woman, uh, calls him out on it, which I thought was, did you see, was the, did you see the fucking Ron DeSantis? this um no i oh, must have missed Christ. that one. so the florida dipshit he was speaking at fsu i think and so there are some students he's going up to the podium and there's some students in the background uh and they're wearing masks and he yells at them he's like i'll take the masks off you don't need to wear the masks he's like come on let, let's stop with the covid theatrics he's like it's ridiculous and he's about to Yikes. give some stupid speech when really all he just didn't want the masks in the shot because freedom is supposed to be as one of my fucking relatives said uh, the last bastion of freedom, uh, man, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. so yeah, so he bullies these 18 year olds into taking their masks off. One of them didn't, which is uh, good for that kid. Sure. Um, but just, just, just absolutely embarrassing stuff from a fucking adult. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of, of Florida, I do have a video of okay. Rick Scott, uh, Senator over in Florida. And this mm -hmm. is the one, this is the one I thought I was showing you where he's getting his morning mm -hmm. coffee <laughs> at like a cafe. This, this is, this is very good. Job coming up, you strip women of access. 
sweet. <laughs> yeah, see, like, if I was there, I, I just picture myself in the corner being like, the guy walks out, and I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> you know, that's great. Give yeah. it to him. Like, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change his mind, but maybe it'll make him feel bad for a second no, while he's getting no. his fucking baby. Yeah, no, they should be embarrassed in public. Absolutely. At every, at every fucking turn. They should be embarrassed mm-hmm. to show their faces anywhere. Public servants, mm-hmm. my ass. If you're going to be shown, if you're going to show up in public and try to act like you're a regular person and not a fucking reptile lizard man, then you deserve to be berated and yelled at. Yes, completely. Completely agree. Um, so, you know, I, I did want to mention uh, what's been going on in Texas uh, with Greg Abbott. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw a couple weeks ago he made some statements where he said that uh, medical treatments um, uh, for uh, transgender adolescents should be treated as child abuse on the part of the parents of, of yeah. these kids. Yeah, and they uh, have sicked the attorney general uh, on the um, the parents, and basically they can be investigated. And they have already started to uh, do this. Yes, uh, they have. And so there's a snitching program, basically, where people can just call in and snitch on anyone that they might suspect of having transgender children. Um, yeah, and it's already taking place. Um, it is. I- um, yeah, there's a story here. Uh, one of the first people to be investigated um, is actually an employee of the state uh, protective services agency um, who has a 16 year old uh, transgender. Yeah, child. in fact, um, I saw online that, uh, of course, where what else would I see it? Um, that there's a weird uh, right wing. Um, it's like a it's like an eight chance fucking spinoff, like fake Reddit board where uh, they were basically planning to sick the authorities on that person specifically. Like, it was one of her co-workers that called it in, that was on oh, this man. fucking board. Yeah, it's it's um, it's really horrific. Uh, it's just, it's very much in line with the Republican mentality of, like, just, like, demonizing basic healthcare rights. Um, mm-hmm. Like, with abortion, it's like, you're killing a child with... With uh, trying to um, help your child receive healthcare, uh, it's like you're you're abusing your child. Like so, it's just like it's really trying to like criminalize and demonize these things that are um, essential and 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 should be basic healthcare. Yeah, rights. yeah. And so the and so what they're going to do is take children away from their parents. Like that. Yes. That like that'll help. That'll actually help children. Is put them into a foster care system and strip them of their uh, you know gender and like right. It's it's it's. It's just evil. It it really is just evil. Oh, it's pure get, evil. I was just just yesterday. I was fucking like yelling at a turf on Twitter about this shit. Like, because I just well, saw some stupid sh- Because I was in a thread and they were fucking uh, saying some shit that like parents are like forcing their ch- kids to be trans, and I was just like, yeah, okay, I, you know, I, we all like to make shit up on Twitter or something like that. And so I was just like, I just got into a argument with a turf. It's just basically what happened. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's really what happened. That's all. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, they, but yeah, so I, I wanted to um, relate that to a TikTok I saw um, that brings up a very good point. This is from, I want to get the handle right. It's at the real um, Ashera, A-S-H-E-R-A-H on TikTok. And so they basically, they they shared this clip. It starts out with a clip from a, um, a news broadcast um, with an anecdotal story. And I think this speaks to a larger problem with like mainstream media and the sort of narratives that are um, shown on like news programs. 
programs and and how that can be harmful. So I wanted mm-hmm. to share this one. Woman is taking legal action against an NHS gender identity clinic, saying that she should have been challenged more by medical staff about her decision to transition to a male. The anger this video brings out in me is completely crazy. This is probably going to be the most important video of my TikTok career so far. Please boost this video in the comments, under the comments. There is already a narrative that exists that trans people are a phase or that we don't know what we're doing or that we should be questioned. When the statistics prove otherwise and when gender dysphoria has been an ongoing issue that trans people have had to go through and has been clinically diagnosed for the past almost 50 years or 100 years and people fail to acknowledge that. The media will never highlight the issues that trans people face psychologically, but will do everything to invalidate our identities. If I had gone through the path of gender identity clinic, I would have had to wait a year or five years to transition. This is helping people. There needs to be individual accountability for this. But yeah, um, great point there, because it's like the the these sort of like uh, individual stories that are highlighted by the news outlets. They highlight the sort of outliers, right? They highlight the stories that fit the narrative they want mm-hmm. to tell rather than sharing what's actually going on, which is that the overwhelming majority of um, trans people are are very uh, sure about the transition that they're going through. And these cases are not the usual cases. And like... The fact that they they choose to tell this story rather than what the harmful effects of not transitioning could be for somebody that that wants to or needs yeah. to, right? Um, so I thought that was just like a really good example. No, yeah, this is the same. This is the same shit I was getting into this fucking turf about was because the, the, their evidence for uh, parents forcing their children to be trans was mm-hmm. a stupid YouTube video uh, about uh, a family that's. Um, raising their children is non-binary and like okay and it's like so some sensationalist youtube video that wants to get a rise out of stupid turfs like you means that parents are forcing their children to be trans yeah why is it always why is it always just a random ass youtube video (laughs) you know like forget all the science and the data and the um stories that people have and share and and, like forget all that information just like let's zero in on this random yeah it's like okay this this one family this one non like you know traditional family means that parents are forcing their children to be trans okay yeah that's that's what that means Okay. Yeah, any any way they can to sort of, you know, frame their their story the way they yep. want to. Um, which speaking of, by the way, and I'm sure you, you probably saw some variation of this compilation going around. Um, this is about the uh, invasion of Ukraine. Um, th- the invasion of Ukraine by Russia this week has really brought to light a lot of the mainstream media's, putting it nicely, would be biases. Um, more realistically, it's just like flat out racism slash white supremacy. Mm. Um, that Views that are sort of ingrained in people and they, they sort of talk about these types of things without even realizing it in most cases. Like these are reporters for like major outlets right mm-hmm. and 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 so here's just the example of of some of the clips that have been making the rounds this is online. not a developing third world nation this is europe it's really emotional for me because i see european people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed children being killed every day with putin's missiles these are not refugees from syria these are refugees from uh neighboring ukraine and that quite frankly, is part of it. These are um, Christians, they're white, they're um, 
But this isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too. Uh, Altogether, there are about 200 <laughs> students, Zambian students, trying to get out of Poland. No one's letting them through. They've spent two nights, and this, this is going to be the second night out in the cold. And no one has helped them. And they've got no... And this is yeah, so choose your yeah. words carefully there, buddy. Uh -huh. <laughs> Mostly European. Yeah, Mostly like European. this this, this um, shock and surprise... Like, the fact that, like, white European people um, are, are, like... The, the fact that there's a war going on... Well, I guess you, hard to call it a war. It's really just, like, a one-sided attack. But that's a whole other thing. Um, the idea that, that like, it, it, it's so shocking and mind-blowing because these are white people just like us, and we wouldn't yeah. expect this to happen here, right? We wouldn't only expect this to happen in, in other countries where the people don't look like the us. Like, it's ones. just so... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just so transparent or at least it should be transparent but these people don't even realize what they're saying these these professional reporters um but it just speaks to like the just the the um systematic like it's it, the systematic problems that we have right because it's so easy for people to say this and not even think twice about what mm -hmm. they're actually saying um so yeah i just thought that was that was worth sharing you've probably seen it already but I, it's, I, I, it's I gross it, so mm -hmm. um yeah, no, I did. I did want to, <laughs> for a second, switch gears uh, pretty dramatically, um, and just share. Like, there's a couple of because we were talking about like language and 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 stuff when it comes to drive my car earlier, and mm -hmm. so I came across a, a couple of TikToks uh, related to language and like grammatical stuff that I wanted to share. This one's about Stephen King specifically. Oh God, um, I know one of your very favorite yeah, authors. Yeah, I yeah. say that with a lot of sarcasm, but. Um, yeah, here's a TikTok from um, Ramus Stan account. I don't know who Ramus is, but this is a Stan account for Ramus. Anyway, th this is from them on TikTok. Stephen King, but Pet Cemetery has one of the worst opening lines I've ever read. This is what it is. Louis Creed, who had lost his father at three and who had never known a grandfather, never expected to find a father as he entered his middle age, but that was exactly what happened. Although he called this man a friend as a grown man must do when he finds the man who should have been his father relatively late in life what yeah <laughs> yeah that is that is just stephen king though that is yeah no totally he's so fucking verbose and wordy and then he'll come out with a book on writing that is like no you can't use adverbs it's like well, maybe you need some maybe 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 that'll help you cut down on some shit although i'll say i i believe his book on writing is probably his most like concise and and like short output actually that he's made in his career it actually so. is <laughs> yeah oh my god but no i'm i'm turned away from his work because of how because of stuff like this and, and like the fact that like he'll write you know an 800 page novel and not know oh how god he's it. terrible how can he be terrible beginnings and endings uh-huh yeah <laughs> and let's not even mention the weird child gang rape scene in it yeah that's a whole thing uh -huh. um but no so one other one other that i saw um this is from uh lucille underscore joffrey on tiktok and this is a an interesting little bit about french slang that i did not know was a thing i mean did you what, what language did you take in uh in italian. high school oh you took italian okay for some reason i thought you took french uh, nope. um 
But yeah, I didn't know about this. This is interesting. In France, we have a certain type of slang that is called le verlan. And it's basically when we speak backwards. It sounds harder than it is. Um, basically, that even that name, le verlan, is itself uh, the backwards way of saying backwards, which is à l'envers in French. It's like if that slang in England was called words back really something that we use every day. It's not like an obscure slang that no one understands. Um, for example, we would say meuf instead of femme, which means woman in French. Um, or we would say uh, relou instead of lourd, which means heavy. Um, and it's just loads and loads of words like this. Some people use more slang than others, but um, yeah. Don't drop out of French, please. Is that similar to like Pig Latin? Um, I mean, I don't know anything Isn't about it, Pig Latin. You just like take the word and reverse, like you take the first letter, but then reverse the rest of it. Oh, is that like the, um, that's a thing that people would do when we were in high school where it's like, yeah, like there, I remember people like some of the kids in high school would yeah. speak that way. Um, no, but that's just the first and last letter, letter, right? This is taking the entire no, word. No, you would just it. keep the first letter, but then reverse the rest of the word. Like, uh, like Ixnay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is similar, huh? I think so. Yeah, I just thought this was interesting because it's like this is apparently part of just like yeah. everyday everyday uh, dialogue and stuff. I don't know. It's one of those mm. the more you know type <laughs> type of things that I come across yeah. on TikTok. But I thought it was pretty cool, mm -hmm. and also just completely impossible to do in English. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah <laughs> there's no way that, yeah. that would ever that would ever become a thing. But yeah, that that's all I had. Um, that's all I had. <laughs> okay. Um, boy, we uh we failed the efficiency test uh pretty handedly um man it just gets away it just it just gets away <laughs> it, yeah yeah it's really did you want to talk about um, ovechkin because i was kind of curious about that or did you want to just end the show uh i wanted to talk about it but fuck we are we're, we're a good bit over okay. two hours though i could keep it it'll still be uh, relevant yeah unfortunately uh that 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 whole thing Unfortuna doesn't seem unfortunately to be unfortunately it'll mm -hmm. still be relevant um yeah, and I do want to. I do want to talk about your anime. Uh, oh, dream. that's right. Yeah, so, so I'll be deeper into that by next week because I've I've started these series. Okay. I, I continue to. I, I plan to continue on with them. But yeah, I've been for whatever reason. I don't know what sparked it. Maybe the fact that Elden Ring is like from a Japanese developer. That's the closest thing I can think of. But like, I've been just been on an anime <laughs> kick this week, and I don't know what it is. But I've been watching a lot of anime. You know, I picked up. I picked up Elden Ring, so I got to watch these anime rom -coms. yeah i, I guess don't know that's, what's going on <laughs> i'm reaching there <laughs> I don't know. but uh yeah i guess we could we could talk about that next uh, week too yes I, i'm very curious have you um, seen have you so, seen yeah, but I think these we, shows any of these oh you've seen I've all seen three, all of, three of, them. of those okay. that you listed yes yes i have um we really have to talk about that second one because well you know what it's howdy. interesting um, um oh god I'm, I'm like i want to get into it um <laughs> Because yeah. I started watching it because it looked Ooh. interesting and I'd, I'd heard of it already, but I didn't realize uh -huh. it was controversial until after I'd started watching it and I sort of like Googled it and stuff. Uh -huh. I, I do. I, maybe I have to get further into it. I've watched, I think, four episodes. Oh, OK. Oh, I thought you were finished. OK. All right. No, but like, right, finish that one. <laughs> OK, I'll finish that for next week. Um, finish that one. <laughs> Where I stand right now on it, and I guess I guess I won't mention it by name because we'll talk about it next week, but mm -hmm. it just seems 
misunderstood potentially i don't know i'll get into it i'll, I'll finish, finish it. it finish it. okay i will finish i will it. <laughs> <laughs> all right oh fuck uh, I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't go down a road uh, similar to it. like the stuff you were talking finish about it. a couple finish weeks it. ago. I mean, this isn't one of those, finish is it? it? Finish All right, it. I'll finish it. I will. I will. Uh, so far, I'm 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 very much liking it. I think it's a uh, it's it's citrus. Okay, I'll I'll just name it. It's citrus. <laughs> um, well, can I give my impressions of episodes one through four, sure, and then sure. maybe right. maybe see how that compares or yeah, contrasts we, to next we week? Can, yeah, we can compare. Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, this is an anime about, so far, it's an anime to me about um, just like kids who are living in um, like a school structure and like a larger society that is quite repressive. Mm-hmm. And so they are trying to just figure out like what they want and trying to like have some agency in their own lives in like a society that really tries to prevent that and like tries to have like this very rigid school structure and lifestyle for them and they're kind of like struggling with that and I, I feel like it's it's really succeeding in in sort of showing that sort of like character arc so far but the uh-huh. problem like the potential problems I can see on the horizon involve well um uh-huh. a relationship between newly uh how do I phrase stepsisters. it stepsisters. Um, Stepsisters, which like, <laughs> no, but like the thing is like it, it, that almost feels like it almost feels beside the point so far okay. because it's dealing with some very interesting and, and complex like feelings and emotions and, and, and like kids that are just like making choices and choices that might not be very good or might be impulsive, but they're like making them anyway and they're like dealing with the consequences and they're just figuring shit out and i feel like it's it's quite messy but like it's messy in a very intentional (laughs) way that is no it's like messy in a very intentional way that i'm i'm appreciating and maybe i'll have an entirely different uh take by the end of it but i'm i'm like i i I almost want to go to bat for this show right now uh, because I looked at the, like, you know how my anime list has, like, ratings? Uh-huh. This has a very low score um, relative to, like, most you know, other things. That is that is honestly surprising compared to the, the, the shit that I mentioned a few weeks back. Really? So yeah. you're saying? Like, I don't, I, don't know the, I don't know the numbers. I don't really look at the numbers of shit. Okay. But, like... Um, maybe I shouldn't... I would be curious to see how it compares. Okay. Um, so maybe I shouldn't, like, go too heavy, uh, defending this one, but I, I, I'm enjoying it so far, is all I can say. I've seen four episodes. Uh, yeah, you should finish the show we can talk about it. One thing I am a little bit unsure about, so this is based on a manga, and Uh the manga creator, I believe, is a woman, which would make a lot of sense and, and is what you want to see with a story like this. However, the director Uh of the anime is a 72 year old man. Oh, okay. (laughs) The creator or whatever, the, the showrunner. I don't know what you call that when in anime terms, but. I think it's usually like either director or producer. Makes sense. Is what they use. Um, Um, I don't know. We'll have to get into it next week. Um. Yes. I guess I'll just leave it there. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm very well. Curious. This was so, this was sort of like I'm taking a different approach to anime. So like this might sound very obvious to to a lot of people, but like I I didn't always view anime as like a medium, right? Like an like an art form, mm-hmm. not an art form, but like a medium that contains stories of all kinds. Just like I I sort of viewed it as like okay, I'm gonna watch anime, so I'm just gonna watch like this thing that's super popular or right, and, and so like usually, but like the super popular thing is not usually the type of story that I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more into like the very like character driven, like coming of age type of thing, I guess, which would equate to like slice of life type of anime. Yeah. And so like, I'm really trying now with this new motivation to watch anime to, to really dive into stuff that I, I, the types of stories that I would seek outside of anime on like in a different medium. Yeah. I- I went through the same process whenever I got into okay. anime. Okay, I'm glad that makes sense. 20, 2015, and they, I even wrote about it on deadendroad.co. You can check out that blog post. There you go. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah, so, like, um, with this one specifically, I'm like, okay, these are kids that are just figuring shit out, and it's it's quite interesting, like, psychologically with what they're doing with the characters, and I'm into that. And and maybe that might change by next week, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it so far. Yes, we will see what changes. We'll see what changes, yeah. <laughs> have you seen um, Kaguya-sama? Uh, yes, I'm I having have. an absolute blast with that. It's very it's good. It's so good. It's, like, basically it's the, good. these two um, student council presidents are uh, basically in love with each other, but they neither one can profess their love uh, because it's like a war between them. Like whoever professes their love first essentially loses in like this power dynamic that they're having. Um, it's just so fun um, the way that they frame this yeah. whole series. And and when I knew that it was really like, I was really on board in one of the early episodes because it's like really fast paced and very funny mm-hmm. and, and like kind of chaotic at times. But then about two thirds of the way through like the, I don't know, third or fourth episode, they completely shift gears and they tell this short story about one of the main characters having to walk um, walk to school one morning, whereas she usually takes like the car that like her family owns. But this this one morning mm-hmm. she has to walk for, for certain reasons. And it's just this very quiet and really insightful, like, little character moment that I felt like the show needed and it really delivered. And I'm like, okay, I'm fully on board with this now. You know, like, it's just, it's very, very smart. Mm -hmm. Especially for me, because I haven't really watched any, like, rom-com anime before. And I feel like this is a very interesting one to really start off with. But, um, because it does feel somewhat, like, subversive, right? Like, it's it's very, it's doing something pretty unique. Yeah, it's much more on the comedy Mm -hmm. side of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and luckily season two will be on Crunchyroll now because of the blending of Crunchyroll and Funimation finally. Oh, that's good timing. Uh, because previously it was only on Funimation. Right. So that happened this week. The acquisition, well, the acquisition happened like what, like last year? Yeah. And so now finally they're bringing the Funimation library into Crunchyroll. Uh, and they're basically saying, hey, you can cancel your Funimation sub and just add Crunchyroll and new Crunchyroll subscribers are getting like three months free, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, they're finally doing, it. I don't think everything is like coming over all at once, but um, yeah, they're eventually going to bring everything over, uh, including movies, which is quite nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, um, Cause like Funimation there, they have a lot of uh, dubs, I believe, right? Yes. More so than Crunchy. Mm-hmm. So now you'll have like that option uh, yep. depending on which one you prefer, which is, which yep. is nice. And Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll, even though their apps are not the best, uh, they were much better than Funimation's. Yeah, it was a low, it was Funimation a low bar. apps were terrible. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. We, we have, have to go. I, I apologize. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. let's talk about this next week. No, but I'm going to dive into it for the yes. next 10 minutes. Yes. We will talk more about those uh, shows next week. Um, I do want to mention, uh, let's all be cool about the theme song <laughs> change. Let's not say anything to anybody because uh, licensing music is a pain in the ass. I, it didn't get dinged. I'm using I'm using a song from a discarded side project that nobody mentions anymore. Let's just be cool. Let's just be cool. Super underrated. All right. By the way. It is. It is. Um, I can't believe it didn't get dinged. Uh, and a TikTok did. Which uh, one? Uh, so, which TikTok was it? I don't know. Some, something Leroy Brown or something. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, I didn't go back in and listen to it after it got dinged. I was just like, oh, that's like I tech, I looked at the time and I was like, oh, that had to be the TikTok segment. Um, so yeah, let's all be cool. <laughs> let's just be cool. Um, Facebook uh, accepted the profanity-free advertisement, so we're going to be advertising on Facebook. Get some people coming in, hopefully, uh, that check out the show. Yeah. Uh, and if you did, uh, welcome, welcome in from Facebook. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead and Road. Check out the Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/DeadandRoadTV. Uh, check out the Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV. I stream Final Fantasy 14 and some variety games whenever I get the chance. And you could do YouTube search for Denner Road TV. Uh, check out clips from the show and full episodes of the podcast. And you can email us literally anything at all, like your feelings on citrus at video <laughs> at denneroad.co. Uh, and you could give us a rating on your podcast app of choice if it allows you to do so. All right, we'll be back next week with somehow probably an even longer show than this one. All right, we'll see you then.